0: And getting it in the corner is Ennis behind the net to Archibald. Takes it to the left. Back to the blue line. Russell across to Larson. He'll shoot it. Scores! Larson let it go from the point. That hits something in front of the net. And the Oilers are up
1: 4-3. On the game summary sheet, his name shows up as T. Ennis. And he gets a bounce for the game winner as the Oilers come from behind to win in Vancouver 4-3. Tyler Ennis, the Edmonton native, the game winner at 13-25 of the third. And the Oilers keep rolling. They've won four in a row. They've won 10 of their last 12 they boost their record to 13-8 on the season. This one did not start well for Edmonton. Bo Horvat with a confounding goal from a bad angle on Mike Smith. Smith spent a few seconds looking for how it got through him, and Vancouver kept going from there. They were up 3 nothing. Late in the first period, but Dominic Cahoon got one before the end of the period. An entertaining second period that didn't feature any goals, and then Cahoon scores again in the first minute of the third. McDavid scores it on a uh, ties it on a great five way passing play at 4:23 the third. Smith made the stops he needed to, and then tennis uh, Ennis. Well, again, his name looks like tennis (laughs) on the game sheet. Uh, Ennis gets the winner uh, in the third period, and the Oilers hang on from there. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks for joining us. It is 10:54. Well, Rob, it is an ongoing theme in the world of sports, especially at the highest levels. What do you do when things aren't going your way? When you look at the scoreboard and you say, ooh, we don't like that very much. Well, the orders have proven lately that they can deal with it and they can still make a game out of it, and tonight they can still win it.
2: Confidence is everything, Reid. And you saw two teams tonight on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to confidence. When the score was 3 nothing. The Vancouver Canucks were hoping they would win a hockey game. They were winning 3-0. They got a couple good breaks, and they were hoping that they would win. The Edmonton Oilers, on the other hand, were down 3-0, and they were believing they could win. And when the end of the first period, you and I talked about how huge a goal it was. It was a weird goal that went in on Demko by Cahoon, uh, one that shouldn't have gone in, how that changed the way the game was going to be played for the final 40 minutes because the Vancouver Canucks now are thinking, oh, no. Like what? Why? Why us? Why? How? How does this happen to us all the time? And the Oilers are thinking, okay, there's the break we needed. And from the fi- from then on, that was the Oilers. They were the t- better team. So, uh, confidence is is huge for even for professional athletes who are superstars in this league. There's a, a belief right now amongst the Oilers that it does not matter where what happens in the game doesn't matter. What bad bounces? What bad breaks? We're good enough to overcome that. And it's not just. Connor or Leon or Nugent Hopkins or Nurse—it's all the way through their lineup. It's guys that are coming in uh, that have been on the taxi squad. Uh, An Ennis, uh, a Kara, Chaseon, uh, Haas—like all these guys are contributing, and that is huge right now for the Edmonton Oilers. So they—they they just have, and in it, it runs through the team a belief that no matter what happens, we can overcome it.
1: Oilers win 4-3 in Vancouver. Of course, this game is going to be our focus while we're with you on Heartland Ford overtime open line. I do want to read a tweet put out by the Tiger Woods Twitter account within about the last 20 minutes. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read some of the key details. It does include a quote From Anish Mahajan, who is the chief medical officer and interim CEO at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, that's where Woods was taken after his crash this morning. In part, it reads, Mr. Woods suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his right lower extremity that were treated during emergency surgery. Open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bones were stabilized by inserting a rod into the tibia. Additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized by a, with a combination of screws and pins. So it's a little bit about the procedure that was done to his right leg, ankle, and foot. Uh, the statement also says Tiger Woods currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. So we get a little more details today that have been coming out throughout the day about this very serious crash involving uh, involving Tiger Woods. So that's obviously going to be something that is followed here, I'm sure, in the days and weeks to come. All right, so the Oilers get the 4-3 victory. And, you know, Rob, that, that, that first goal, I mean, clearly it's a bad goal. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's bad to the point where... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say you, you almost have to laugh it off, but sometimes you see a goalie let in a bad goal, and then you're worried. Okay, is that is that a weakness now that the other team is going to exploit? That one was such a, uh, a weird one, and we know how Mike Smith is like mentally. I, I, I'm assuming, maybe we'll hear from him tonight, I, I'm assuming he probably just had forgotten about it by the time the puck was dropped at center.
2: Oh, I, I believe he did. Uh, he's got swagger in his game and bad things sometimes happen. It's how you react to them. Uh, if you, at the end of the, the night, you go watch one of the sports shows and they show all the goals that are scored, there's bad goals scored every night. You and I sat in the, in the Chad control room many times and we talked about shoot from bad angles. The only way you can ever score a bad angle goals is if you shoot from it. And, and it happens more times than you think. The... The problem for some teams and some goaltenders, when they let a bad goal in, the team deflates and the goalie for the rest of the night is done. Uh, but we didn't see that with the Oilers. It two years ago, three years ago, for the last twelve years before that, when a bad goal or a bad break happened to the Oilers, you just could sense the the sag on the bench and, and the the players start the whole thought process. Oh, okay, here we go again. You don't see that now and. The one thing that you and I talked about a lot throughout this season is Goldie's coming up with big saves at big moments. And goals are going to happen. And, and I know that you've had Grant Fuhrer on your show and you've talked to Grant Fuhrer about it. He always talks about making the save when he needs to. There'd be games where Grant Fuhrer gave up five, but you would, at the end of the night, go, God, he was the first star. He was the best goalie. He was the best player on the ice because he came up with the saves when he needed to. And the, the team was desperate for that one save at one moment. He was there. Well, tonight, Mike Smith gave the Oilers that save. When it was 3-1, Roussel had a breakaway shorthanded. If he pushes it to 4-1, the belief in the Vancouver bench would have been humongous. And there would have been a sag for the Oilers. But he gave them that save. So the first goal was terrible. It was <laughs> I mean, it was so bad that Mike Smith was shown, they showed him on the, the camera, trying to figure out how it beat him. He had no idea how that puck got in, but it didn't affect him. It didn't affect the Oilers. And eventually, they get a huge two points. So, yeah, bad goals happen. It's how you react to them.
1: Four three, the Oilers take it. Cahoon scores twice, so he gets up to four on the season. Ennis gets his second of the year. McDavid gets his thirteenth. Drysital with three with three assists. Let's go to head coach Dave Tippett.
3: Dave, can you speak to your team's resiliency tonight? And was Mike Smith perhaps the microcosm or uh, the physical embodiment of, uh, of that tonight?
4: Well, we didn't start out very well. Fluky goal goes in early. And then, uh, you know, we, we were all right in the first period. Two face-off uh, battle plays we lost, and they both ended up in our net. So we're down, uh, down three. We got the one to get us kind of feel like we're back engaged in the game i thought we were better in the second period and all the players talked about it after the after the second period was let's make the third period our best period of the game and see what happens and we went out we played a strong third period um you know dry settles line give us uh Cahoon a couple nice goals and then uh power play came through and then enzo got a break with the puck going to the net and we found a way to win so it's uh I give our guys a lot of credit for hanging around the game.
5: Tony Brar, Oilers TV. Hey, Dave. uh, Obviously, Mike Smith led in three goals in the opening 15 minutes, but he called it a weird period. You said they got a couple of lucky goals. But sometimes you make a goaltender change there in order to provide a spark to the club. Did that cross your mind? And can you please uh, explain your rationale, if, if or why not?
4: No, because they're... I mean, they... The second goal is—I mean, the first one is one that Smitty would certainly like to have back, but it just—I mean, it's one of those weird ones that goes in. The second one gets deflected by our guy, uh, goes up and over him, and the third we were poor coverage in front. So, the first one, okay, we'll blame him on that one. The other two—they're not—they're not on him, but we still got lots of game left, and uh, you know, it's Schmidt's a battler. That's what he does, and. He's a vocal guy. He came in after the first period. He had a few things to say. Our group had a few things to say, and we got better as the game went on.
5: And Dominic Cahoon finds himself on that line. Can you talk about his ability to find his game once again on that line?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see him capitalize on a couple chances. The first one, we got a break with their goaltender, but then the second one is just a real good shot on a good play by Leon. So uh, Cooner, he's, 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 you know, he's skates well he's a smart player um one of his underrated thing he could take face-offs the second guy face off so he's he's around it in the game and um you know that line has uh kind of been snake bit a little bit here so it's good to see them get on the board tonight
6: brian rishog tsn just picking up on what you said you know mike smith has a few things to say the team has a few things to say what's that dynamic like between between him and the team in that moment and you know he's obviously a veteran guy that brings that leadership so you know how much of an impact does what's said between
4: periods maybe have on what happens well it's not just him it's the whole group i mean we weren't uh you know i i I think things from our end from the coaching end we were pretty calm we we just talked about how we got in the situation we did and how we're going to get out of it and uh but the players come in, you could hear that they, they uh they wanted to be better after the first period. And you know, Schmidt's a part of that. He you know, he uh he wants to stop every single puck. And the first one first shot goes in, he's he's gonna battle the rest of the game, but he expects everybody else to battle too. Um ultimately that's what the players did.
6: I mean, does that just boil down to a, a guy that's not afraid to, you know, hold himself? But at the same time, can help hold others accountable too. Is
4: that kind of a part yeah, of what? That's his personality. I've been around Schmitty a long time. He's a he's a strong personality with a real passion to win. Uh, he understands his role and what has to happen for our team to win. But he also wants to make sure everybody else uh, is engaged in trying to win. So that's uh, that's Schmitty. That's the leadership he brings. And you can only be a leader if you back it up. And that's I've seen him for years and years. He's backed that up. Jason
7: Gregor TSN 1260 Dave uh, Caleb Jones hadn't played in quite some time uh what did you make of him and Bouchard as a pair tonight
4: You know what they were pretty solid pretty solid they uh you know uh, I don't know how much how many minutes they ended up with but they were uh, both just pretty simple I thought that was Bush's one of the Bush's best defending games in a while and um, the two of them got out there and they uh, kind of bonded together and they they did a good job for us, so it's uh, it's good to get them back in the lineup and uh, with our injury situation back there we needed people to come in and play well and they both played well
7: david you know definitely maybe all year long but a lot of your decisions as a coach have paid off you, you were very patient when your top two lines were getting chances but not scoring and then they got going you know Cahun, you took off for a game then you put him back and boom I know you put them back last game, but still, you know, they score right away. When you put the Kara line together, they score right away. You get a sense sometimes as a coach where, you know, you just get a feel of of the gut. How much, like, studying goes into those
4: moves? Because a lot of them have paid off for you this year. It's the players that make the moves. The players get put in. You know, you just you're putting players together that you hope can mesh or whatever. But the players are the ones that have to get it done. And you have an idea what you you know have an idea what you'd think would happen on line, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes you just need a little tweak here and there. But ultimately, the the players dictate it. You know, they they work well together. You get you put three guys together, and JJ's line is a good example of it. Like those those three guys got together in that road trip out east and they mesh well together and you can as a coach you see it it's it's not all just what they do on the ice it's how they kind of mesh you listen to them on the bench and what they're talking about and how they're trying to get better and recognizing situations so you're you're trying to get a feel it's not always exactly how they play it's it's how they mesh together how they play together is uh is a big part of it and we've been fortunate like we've got a good group of players they're trying to get better every day and um you know as a coaching staff we're around it you try to help them as much as you can but it's the players that have got to get on the ice and do it and and we've got a real good group real good group
5: jim matheson post media uh dave when roussel
4: had the shorthanded breakaway was that the turning point in the hockey game when Mike made that save. Big save there, yeah. Real big save because that's uh that's one would would have killed a lot of momentum that we were trying to build there. So, that's a that's a huge save and that's uh, those are the kinds you know talking about Schmidt, Those are the kinds that you know, it's it's timely saves that i have been around him for a long time and he's I've seen a lot of those. Uh and Connor hit the post. Hit the crossbar late in the second and then also hit a hit a post where you figuring okay he's due to score one two or three of them i think we had tonight connor had two i know but uh, uh he's got to keep shooting keep shooting we'll call him a streaky scorer now he scored three one game and none the next or he got one tonight but he's a streaky scorer now just scores a lot Jim
5: mccarson smith canadian press Hi, coach obviously two points are two points but what
8: does a comeback win like
4: this give your group? Well, you continue to learn about your team. You know, they they're not learn about your team, they learn about themselves. They, you know, I think a game like this will help us as we go on in the year. We might find ourselves in a situation like this, and when you you've been through, you know, the getting behind and, and recognize the situation and you come back from it. You might get another game like this and you they know that there's a belief there that you can do it again so it's uh you know we came in here we didn't play as well as we'd like the first period but we got better as the game got on and we knew we were playing against a desperate team they're trying to get themselves back in the race so it's a huge two points for us and and uh now we have to kind of park that game and get ready for get ready for the next one because their desperation level goes up and we uh we're gonna have to deal with that desperation level as best we can and try to bring our best game that we can. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This concludes Dave Tippett's media availability. All right, that is Dave Tippett as the Oilers come from behind to beat Vancouver 4-3. His comments courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Uh, Special shout out tonight to Nick who's in the U of A in the 5F wing. Trent and some of your U18 guys want to say hi to you tonight, Nick, and wish you all the best. The Oilers with a big comeback this evening, and I think you're going to have a big comeback as well. Edmonton wins.
3: Before history is written,
7: Bobby Orr, behind the net, the in the
3: it's played. Tinelli, the nice Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
1: At 4-3, you can get us on the CertainTeed hotline. CertainTeed, professional grade building materials, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. We're back in a couple minutes on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: dry he'll pass out to Barry and his shot didn't get through now put on goal by Cahoon loose buck Scars jammed in at the side of the net I think dry got his stick on it
1: would turn out to be Cahoon's goal his first of two on the evening it got the Oilers into the game they were down three nothing that was late in the first period so they were down three one Second period, lots of action, lots of chances. Nobody scored, and then the Oilers get three in the third to complete the comeback, and they win it 4-3. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. Interesting listening to Tip's comments saying Smith had some words to fire up the team. The players talked about making the third period the best period of the night, and Rob, that's and you'll be able to speak to this better, better than I can. But I've certainly heard that a lot over the years that the, the players have to take ownership. It can't always be the coaching staff saying, OK, we need to do this. Come on, guys, get motivated. I mean, obviously, coaching plays a big role and you got to give the players the, the tools and the strategies and all that to win. But the, the push ultimately has to come from the players in a game like this.
2: Well, they're the ones that are out in the ice doing it. If a coach is always coming in and harping and yelling and screaming, the shelf life of that coach is short and the players eventually start tuning out. And you're never going to be a successful team if you need the coaching staff to be the ones to motivate you or get you going. That's got to be among the leaders that do that. Good good coaching staffs will find leaders and put them in two roles. And it's not just the Connors and the Dugent Hopkins. Like when uh, for example, when Hendricks was here, he was a leader on that team. On this team here, uh, Mike Smith is a leader. Even when he was the 1B goalie at times, he's a leader. These are the guys that people listen to. And you have to have guys in in all different situations that can be leaders, that can have voices, that can be heard. And they have to have the ability to talk between periods and talk before games, talk after games. And be listened to. You can't just say, "Okay, when Connor and Leon talk, we're going to listen, but no one else, we're going to listen to because they're not the stars." That never works. Teams like that aren't successful. So, and and yeah, I like what also what Dave Tippett said that not only is he watching what players do on the ice his lines, he watches what they do on the bench and how they talk and what they're talking about. You can tell as a coach if your players are invested in in their line, in their line mates, in their team by listening to them and watching them interact on the bench. If, if they're coming off the ice and say, okay, this is what we got to do next. Time. Okay, here's This is what I'm seeing. This is what we're doing. This could be successful. Okay, we did this. It didn't work. If they're talking like that, well, now you know they're invested in that game. And that's a line that you want back out there because they're trying to get better. They're trying to improve. So a coach isn't just about X's and O's and putting lines out there. It's understanding which players are going, which players aren't, which players should play together, which shouldn't. And then sometimes it's just blind luck that leads you to all this. But it's a coach that has to understand that. But for winning hockey games, the coach will give you the, all the opportunity, all the tools. But at the end of the night, it's the players that have to go through and do it. And right now you got no other group that has that belief in each other. And they're going out and getting it done that's our adjustment of the game for alberta's
1: chiropractors if it hurts see a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com slash hockey steve writes in tonight he says i'm almost certain that dry is playing injured because he's not shooting as much and his battle level seems lower the last few games what do you guys think i'll tell you what steve he's playing so he's not injured but he might be hurting uh all i know is this leon dry didn't practice on on uh what day was it yesterday monday and he, and he mm-hmm. didn't take the skate today. So he is going out and doing the warm-ups and, and playing games, which is an indication there there might be something going on. He also plays a ton, and it's not keeping him out of the games. So
2: that's how I interpret that. I agree. And, and as far as not shooting as much, a lot of that has to do with the line he's playing on. There, he doesn't have a playmaker to play with. On the power play shooting, he had a number of good opportunities today. But as far as not shooting a lot when he's – with, I mean – The opposition, when they're playing against Leon's line, they're going, okay, take away Leon. We'll let Cahoon and we'll let Yamamoto beat us. We're not going to let Leon. Well, tonight, Cahoon was the one that was able to beat them, so it was good on Cahoon stepping up when he's needed. But, yeah, I could see when players take that many days off, every once in a while you need a maintenance day or a rest day, but when they're taking back-to-back days off, there's probably some little tweak here or there that uh, they're trying to play through or fight through.
1: 4 3, the Oilers win it. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santas Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They're given $100 to 630 Chad Santas Anonymous for every Oilers goal throughout the season. On the Certain Hotline, we have Max standing by. Max, thanks a lot for calling, sir. Go ahead. Oh, we don't have Max. Okay. Thanks, Kellen. Sorry I missed your message there. All right. We'll go to Robert then. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Go ahead, Robert.
8: Hey guys, uh, how's it going tonight? Good. Uh, no, I have a. Uh, I want to make a couple points, and then I have. A, uh, uh, and then I have a couple questions too, but. Uh, uh, but my points are obviously. I want to start. I want to start with uh, Dominic Cahun. I thought tonight, by far, that was his. That was that was Cahun's best game as an oiler hands down in my opinion i'm wondering if you guys agree with that and then uh and then as far as then as far as, as far as the uh, as far as the goal pending goes i mean Smith i mean that that, that first goal that just that's flat out stunk i don't know i don't know
1: i don't know how that went in but but, well, I mean, he, did, but, but he, did, he didn't but, either robert <laughs> yeah <laughs> he yeah. was looking around what what are your what are your questions tonight <laughs>
8: Uh, you know, like uh now I wonder now I wonder, you know, like like with like with uh this, uh uh Cahoon's two goals there, is he uh is he has he maybe has he maybe more or less instilled a little bit more confidence in Tippett and in, in uh you know, it's like is he maybe is he may maybe get maybe allowed Tippett in the coaching stuff, maybe be a little bit more confident, leaving him on that line because because he's he he's finally had a breakout game. That's my, uh, that's my first one, and then my and then my second one is for, uh, is uh, is uh, is regarding the goaltending. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the the team came back, they won. What do you do? What do you do next game? Do you keep do you do you, do you keep riding Smith or do you, do you do you go with clock? And then, and then I have uh, I have uh, one last thought I want to make too. I thought, you know, Caleb Jones tonight. I mean, for his for his his first game in nine or a month or you know, I thought. I thought Jones was okay. I mean, he didn't, made, didn't make any glaring
2: mistakes.
1: Yeah, thanks, Robert. Okay,
2: goaltending, I don't know if I want to guess anymore, Robert. No, we you, are, you and I aren't very good at guessing. I, but I'll, I'll say it this way. I think you cannot go wrong with either goalie going in next game. Both of them are playing ve- very well right now, so I don't think you can go wrong with either choice. As All for right. the other, As for the other question about Cahoon... I, there's certain players on this team who have very, very long ropes that it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to continue to get the ice. I mean, the Leon's, the RNH's, Drysiddle's. And then you go down a little bit further. Uh, uh, Yamamoto has a little bit longer leash. A Cahoon, he earned himself another game playing with Leon Drysiddle. And that will last as long as he plays well in the next game. It could be one period. It could be two. It could be ten games. This was a good game for Kuhn. For I mean, he only played 12 minutes. So in a game that he played well and scored two goals, he only played 12 minutes in the hockey game. Uh, I, I thought he looked good. Um, I, I don't... Uh, he, he Leon likes playing with him. And tonight he showed a little bit more. But again, he's a guy that one bad period, one... Bad game, and he could find himself on the taxi squad or out again. His his rope might have got an inch or two longer, but that's about it.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny he and Ennis have swapped a little bit, second and third line left wing, and they they both scored tonight. So good, yeah. good for and both, give both credit, of those guys.
2: Credit to Ennis too. Uh, again, a, pr- a professional effort from coming through a, at a big moment for a guy that's getting limited ice time. Good on him.
1: Well, it was funny because he missed the open net earlier in the period, where I don't think he realized. He actually probably could have turned around and skated it into the net, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he gets the one bouncing in off his leg. Okay, we'll get to more phone calls in a second. But speaking of Dominic Cahoon, here he is, courtesy Mattress Superstore.
9: That if we keep playing, uh, keep keep getting the pucks to the net, and uh, just play our game, that we're gonna turn this game around. And it worked well. Uh, it's a very very special comeback today, and uh, we're very proud.
6: Coach decided to put you back uh, with Leon Drysaddle here recently on that line. Um, a couple of goals tonight. Um, you know, how do you feel about being back on that line, and maybe just tell us about your goals.
9: Yeah, obviously, it feels great. Uh, but but we have a, such a good team. Uh, everyone can play everywhere. You know, so it doesn't matter where you play. But uh, obviously, I'm uh, I'm happy I'm back there. And yeah, the goals. Uh, we were actually talking with Leon and Yamo um, that that we can step up our game a little bit Uh, we have to be more confident and i think we showed that today we we had a good game
5: jim matheson post media Uh, dominic you have had trouble scoring but you've been getting chances were you getting frustrated
9: um yeah like obviously you get frustrated when you when you had a lot of chances and you don't bury them but uh like i said i i know what i can do and uh i know that i can be a good player so i just uh, stick to that and uh just just try to play my game be be confident and sometimes it works sometimes not that's uh that's how it is and when you get one
5: goal early in a game are are you thinking okay tonight's my night because the, the shot you scored on at, the, at late in the first period just kind of squeezed through them uh got the orders back in the hockey game 3-1
9: yeah um sometimes you you need to just uh, get the pucks to the net you know uh sometimes i I try to make uh too much passes uh don't don't shoot the puck so i did that today and uh, it worked out so uh, i'm very happy with that tony brar oilers tv
5: dominic when you score one with just a minute and 17 seconds left in the first one how big of a goal is that for your group and two when you're in the locker room what is being said amongst your teammates
9: I mean, it's always good uh, when you when you can score uh, at the end of the period. You know, it uh, gives you, like, energy. Um, it just gives you the flow for the next next period. And, uh, yeah, we said that in the, in the locker room that uh, it was a big goal and that we have to come out the same way, uh, how we ended the period. And, uh, yeah, I think overall it was a good performance by us today.
5: Much like your team, your goaltender, Mike Smith didn't have the best start, letting in three goals on the opening nine shots, but he bounced back. Can you talk about his ability to bounce back and provide fuel
9: for uh, tonight's win? Oh, you can just see how, how experienced he is, you know. Um, he had unbelievable saves there. Uh, he, he saved us the game a couple of times. Um, and yeah, especially the, the one I think it was second period when uh, when they got the breakaway on uh, shorthanded, uh, he made an unreal save there. And even at the end, he had great saves there. So you can just see that, uh, this he's, that he's very experienced and uh, he stays calm in every situation. And that's uh, very important. Mark Spector, Sportsnet can
3: you can you just describe uh, leon dry as a passer he he gave you a beautiful pass for your goal he the power play pass he made was fabulous how good is he
9: yeah it's uh it's not for fun that uh, he's the best in the league. You know, uh, he can make those plays. Uh, he's uh, one of the best passes in the game, that's for sure. And uh, I think he keeps showing that uh, in the last years here. And uh, yeah, obviously for my second goal, he made an unreal pass, and that's just uh, that's also like I knew right away he before the puck was there. Uh, if he gets the puck, he's gonna find me. You know, that's that's what we talk about. That's uh, how we know each other, and uh, yeah, it helps.
3: What about, uh, you know, all you guys that have played in the league for a while, you've been on teams that are losing and can't find a way to win. And now you're on a team that almost can't find a way to lose. Like you guys just believe that no matter what the score is, you can still win the game. Uh, Tell me about the power of having that belief.
9: Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said before, in the, after the second period, uh, we are down 3-1 um, and we, we knew, like, we're going to turn this around, you know, that's that's something special um, that's, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you, you just have the feeling here that it uh, doesn't matter what's, what the score is, uh, that we can come back and that's what we were talking about, everyone was believing and yeah, we got those players who can make the difference, so that's, that's great. Yeah,
1: that's Dominic Cahoon. The Oilers kept believing tonight, down 3-0 in the first period. They win 4-3 in Vancouver. They have won 10 of their last 12. You can get us on the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by, who's also going to be our finish the play contestant tonight so mike before i get to your thought i can tell you you already have a hungry herd premium sampler box top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices alberta owned and operated we'll play the game with you here after we get to your comment or your question
8: okay um i have two questions first of all i have they had any word about when caskin's coming back
1: no it's week to week it's that long eh oh wow yeah he's on That's long-term injured reserve my other question was,
8: it's a really tough one for you guys, is who do you come back with for the next game now? Do you keep in Smith now? Because it was such a weird game for him. or do you come back um,
2: with it, We, do, I mean, we just talked about that read and I, and, and I think my belief is you can't go wrong. Uh, you come with Smith, come with cost and both are playing well right now, and the, there's, there's nights where the coach in the past has had to look at both goalies and say, oh, I'm uh, flipping a coin to see which one's going to get us a win. I think right now he's like, oh, I can put either guy in and feel comfortable. So, yeah, I, I don't – Reed and I aren't very good at predicting this. It's Dave Tippett, I think, listens to the show and then just does the opposite. But to me, it's either-either, and I think they can be successful.
8: I'm just wondering, Rob, from your experience being in the NHL, if you were the coach, who would you put in after the way the first period and the rest of the game went?
2: Um… Uh, Honestly, I would probably go with Koskinen, not to do with anything to do with Smith's game, just give Koskinen a game. But, I mean, uh, Smith's playing well. To me, he made a couple big saves at big moments. The first goal, it happens. All goalies let bad goals in. And that, I mean, I don't even, players just shrug that off because they see it all the time. It's how you rebound from that. And he rebounded well and uh, shut the door the final 40 minutes. So to me, he had a he had a good game. He had a really good game. Uh, Koskinen has played well in his start. So uh, I honestly think that Dave Tippett right now can pick and choose based on uh, rest, based on who has success against other teams, and really just on hunches. And what we've seen throughout Dave Tippett's time here, his hunches on goaltenders have usually been right okay cool thank you for that all right mike here comes finish the play
0: kellen has cooked up a bit of a clue for you tonight go ahead kellen top of the circle lost it to jones he'll get it out to nugent hopkins into the canuck and shoots off the post he just ripped it off the post the puck up against the board all right uh nugent hopkins
1: denied there did he score at any point in tonight's game no he did not Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. The Oilers rally. They win at 4-3. You'll hear from Mike Smith. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to bring you in as well. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: The puck goes to the blue line. Good job. Kept in by McDavid to Dreisaitl. To McDavid. Shoots off the post. And that goes out of play.
1: Yeah, that was a close one in the second period. McDavid firing. Actually hit the crossbar. They, they checked it to see if maybe it hit the you know, the camera or the water bottle holder at the back of the net, but did not go in. McDavid would get one later, and the Oilers come back from 3 nothing down to beat Vancouver 4-3. Greasy Jim writes in, he says, is there any way Ken Holland can justify not re-signing Barry this summer? I think they need to lock him up despite the log jam on defense. Well, Barry's doing very well. He's fit in very well. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I mean, clearly there are some contracts that are going to have to be taken care of. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be uh, a storyline at some point. I I would imagine some of this is going to be addressed in the offseason. There's a lot of uncertainty with the NHL on the finances right now. And don't forget, greasy Jim, Tyson Berry's. you know, he's set to be an unrestricted free agent, even though he was very gung-ho to come to Edmonton. Maybe in the summer he's going to say, I just had a career year. I'm going to shop around and see who's going to give me the biggest paycheck. So it's not all on what uh, Ken Holland wants to do. I mean, Tyson Barry could say, well, I'm going to hold off and see what happens. But uh, yeah, barry has been, ever since the first six or seven games, he's been as advertised, if not better than advertised.
2: I agree. I think he's been better. Uh, uh, We all thought that he would be very good on the power play, but when he's playing 25, 26, seven minutes a night playing in your number one pairing, I would think that anyone that was in the Toronto media and watched last year, how Barry had been, I don't think they would have imagined he would have gone to another team and been in the top pairing and been as dominant as he has been. And I agree. He'd be a guy that absolutely Ken Holland would love to have back next year, but as an unrestricted free agent, there's going to be a lot of other teams. If he has the career year that he's looks well that he's having right now, he bet on himself, and right now that bet's coming through for him. So I'm hopefully the others get something done with him, but uh, money could be an issue for the Edmonton Oilers if the rest of the league starts bidding on him. Jeremy from Glendon says the only bad
1: thing tonight is that the Oilers didn't get the empty netter to get to five, which would have meant the Japanese <laughs> Village Goal Light on 630 shedcom Japanese Village Restaurants thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details, jvedmonton.ca. On the CertainTeed Hotline, 780-496-0063, we have Tony standing by. Tony, thanks for giving us a call. Go ahead.
5: Um, I have a, k- a couple of comments. Uh, good way to come back from 3-0 down uh you know after 3-0 I never really thought that we were out because I don't know like I know a lot of people saw this but Vancouver is a turnover machine turnovers in the worst areas of the net and they just couldn't get their stuff together it seemed like after Cahoon's it seemed like after Cahoon's goal they kind of got to the point where oh we let that in and then they just kind of faltered at the very end and uh that's about it though like I'm just I'm just happy that you know even though we're coming like even though we went down we ended up coming back and I feel like Vancouver in a way kind of gave us this win because of how many turnovers there
1: were yeah thanks Tony well certainly the Vancou the Canucks look rattled Rob and we especially in the third period passes to nobody cycling back unnecessarily behind your own net instead of getting the puck uh, up ice and getting it Getting it out and and you and you said it, they're a team that's lost more than they've won, and they they couldn't finish the game you know when the orders ramped it up they they weren't able to deal with it well enough
2: there was a few moments in this game where they're veteran players where they had the puck you know six seven feet from the blue line after being under pressure. And they didn't punt, where they didn't just throw it off the glass, get it out and get a change, where they tried to bring it back in their own zone with tired players and they turned the puck over. I bet you there were maybe five, six shifts in the game where the Canucks had control and all they had to do was flip it out in the neutrals and flip it behind the others' defenseman, then get a wholesale, wholesale change and get rested players on the ice. And instead of doing that, they tried making plays or try keeping the play alive in their own zone and just got themselves into more trouble. And it was just like you're sitting there watching, okay, you guys are exhausted. You've just been, I mean, the Oilers have actually changed once while you've been in your own zone, and now you get a chance to get the puck out and you're not. At some point, you have to punt. And you just have to, you know, get it out. Uh, just get yourselves out of prob- mm-hmm. trouble. Just get get, Lose the problem for a second. And the, the Canucks didn't do that, and they just created more. Bedlam in their own zone, where the the fresh Oilers are on the ice and now they're dead. And it just, and whenever that happens, you either get scoring chances against, you get penalties, or you just continue to let the momentum uh, carry you away. And that's what happened in this game tonight. The Canucks, as you said, and we talked about, are a team that's hoping not to lose and that is not a way for success in the National Hockey League. So the Oilers
1: take it 4-3, two goals from Cahoon, one from McDavid. Ennis gets the winner. Other action on the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Senators outlast the Canadians 5-4 in a shootout. Nashville shuts out Detroit 2-zip. Chicago over the Blue Jackets 6-5 in a shootout. Penguins beat the Capitals 3-2 in overtime Kapanen got the winner Sabres knock off the Devils 4-1 Raptors lost tonight 109-102 against the Philadelphia 76ers Cody has called in as well Cody thanks for giving us a ring go ahead Hey guys,
10: uh, thanks for taking my call. Just wondering—I uh, mean, actually, I'm glad though they're going on a real good run right now, winning, winning ten of their last twelve. But do you guys honestly believe that the goaltending situation right now is good enough to go on a deep run, or do you see uh, Ken Holland looking to make a move uh, sometime this season?
2: Um, I don't—I don't see them making a move. I, I don't. I just—it's it, hard right now in the National Hockey League with contracts, with the quarantine. Uh, with the the salary cap. I just don't see I think this is the plan once they lost out of markstrom This was the plan. they were going to go with right now. It's working uh, And I, I think this is what they're going to stay with unless something um, Tragic happens where one of the goaltenders gets hurt I believe that this is what they're gonna try and, and, and run the season with and hope that the the 1a 1b goaltending tandem is good enough So I, I don't see them trying to make a move All right, thanks guys
1: Oilers win 4-3 over the Canucks. We also have Rocket standing by 7804960063. Go ahead, Rocket. Hey, I was just curious
10: about. I was looking at the standings, and I see the Oilers now third overall in the NHL uh, in the league. Plus-minus looking extremely respectable, and as a as a coach, that's something that I, I always look at. And in their last 10 in the NHL, they are uh, 8-2-0, which is the best in the NHL. Also, you know, won four in a row. With Calgary playing Ottawa five times in the next two weeks, Mm -hmm. what do you think, if they falter and we continue... On this trend, uh, what do you think that does for Calgary if they, you know, go even with the Senators? Because the Senators are—they just beat Montreal, so they're. I mean, this team constantly surprises people. No, the Ottawa senators, senators are not a bad team. Those games, how how many games is it going to take for Calgary to get back if they? Or say ten points back of the Oilers
2: after their Ottawa trip. Well, I well, I don't honestly don't think they're looking at trying to catch the Oilers. I mean, they're looking whoever's in fourth place. That's the team they're trying to catch, and that right now I think is the Canadians, who have have struggled as of late. They're not playing as well as they did at the beginning of the season. Uh, they lost uh, tonight again to Ottawa. The Calgary Flames realize what what their position is. They got to start winning hockey games. They got to put together a little stretch of uh you know a seven out of ten or something along that line they had a big win against the Toronto Maple Leafs but I I, the the Calgary Flames aren't looking at the Edmonton Oilers at all the Calgary Flames right now are looking within their dressing room and they're going to try and win hockey games as for the Ottawa Senators that's a tough out the the Senators lost a lot of games earlier in the year where they were the better team but they had horrible goaltending horrible goaltending and we saw that against the Oilers they had a couple nights where their goaltenders were terrible uh their goaltending has been better-ish as of late and if they get half decent goaltending they work hard and they've got some talent so but the Calgary Flames the Oilers could go 30 and know in the next 30 games Calgary Flames aren't looking at that they've got enough problems of their own and they're just trying to f- catch up into whoever's in fourth place and right now that's Montreal
1: yeah, it's 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 dicey for Calgary. I mean, they they need to take advantage of Ottawa. We've talked about that Absolutely. in the past. I mean, when the Oilers were three and six, we were saying they got to take advantage of uh, of Ottawa. And then shortly after that, we were hearing from you know some people who are saying, well, the Oilers only have the record they have because of Ottawa. It's it's beyond that now. But yeah, I, I mean, five Calgary's five hundred. That's not good enough in the NHL. Um, good win yesterday. They they mm-hmm. didn't look. They 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 look surprisingly uninspired at times uh, against the Oilers. So we'll see. I mean, I go. I've been sorting it by winning percentage. So the top four right or points percentage in the North. So right now it's Toronto seven fifty, Winnipeg six thirty nine, Edmonton six nineteen, and Montreal six eleven. Now. I know the points is Edmonton has more than Winnipeg, but uh, Winnipeg has games in hand. So when you do points percentage, that's why they're slightly ahead of the Oilers. So right now there's almost Toronto's kind of on their own. There's a second tier and then there's a a third tier. And right now you'd put Calgary in that, uh, in that third tier. They're capable of playing better, but they're going to have to make some hay against the Senators
2: for sure. Well, they certainly are. I mean, I, I said about two weeks ago, I think the, Right now, and this is just, I don't know if it's... I'm hoping, because of what I've seen so far, that I see a Winnipeg-Edmonton first-round series. I, I think they're going to be two and three in the in the division. I think Toronto's probably going to win the division, although the Oilers, it, I mean, it's not out of the realm. Could be interesting they can catch coming up. Them. It, yeah, it could certainly be interesting. But And then I think that Calgary and, and Montreal are going to be fighting for that fourth spot. And for Calgary to get it, they've got to start picking up points. And you, as you said... When you're playing teams below you in the standings, those are the teams you need to beat if you're already uh, on the outside looking in because that's that's it's not an easy out, the Ottawa Senators, but it's certainly a much easier game than playing the Oilers, the Jets, or the Leafs, the teams that are ahead of you in the standings.
1: All right, you are going to hear from Mike Smith in a couple of minutes, but first we have Scott on the line, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah,
10: thanks for taking my call. It's been a while. Um I just wanted to uh, point out that, uh, you know, to me there was a lot of uh, um, turning points in the game. For me, the biggest one was after JP got mugged and uh, they went on the power play. And then the, after the power play went on, uh, it was five on five. And I swear, okay, I might exaggerate here, but there was eight absolutely thundering body hits to connect players one after another within a 30-second time span. And I think that was just the Oilers saying that, you know, we're ticked off and uh, we're going to take it to you now. And to me, that was the changing uh, the changing point of the game for me.
2: No, the Oilers were the much more physical team in this game. And I think it, it wore the, the Canucks down at times. The guys are starting to understand what their role is. And if you're playing on the third or fourth line, you got to be physical and it, it doesn't have to be always thunder as body checks but if you just every time you finish your check finish your check finish your check that means the opposition they know okay I'm going to get hit I got to move the puck quicker and sometimes they just throw pucks away and that creates turnovers because they know they're going to get a hit and they'd make the play before they they need to or before they want to so the others did a good job being physical tonight on the Canucks
1: the hits, according to the NHL final stat sheets, 29 for Edmonton, 19 for the Canucks. Jujar Kara credited with seven hits, and yessi Pugliarvi credited with five. No hits for Mike Smith, but 30 saves. You'll hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford overtime open
0: line. Just about lost it. Now he does in all alone. Roussel, the shot! The- Great save made by Smith under a shorthanded opportunity for Antoine Roussel.
1: Mike Smith is five and zero on the season as the Oilers rally to win four three in Vancouver. Here he is.
6: Down and, and battled real well for your team. Can you just sort of take us through the the battle that you go through, bouncing back, and then finding your high end game the way you do on a night like tonight? How did I know
11: you're going to bring that up, Ryan? <laughs> well, I think I, I I talked about how well you finished. But a <laughs> I know. Key part of tonight. You, know, you know what? It it, it it was kind of a weird first period, to be honest. I mean, I I wouldn't change anything the way that I would play that first goal. It kind of it just found a way to go through for some reason, and then you know one deflects off Enzo's stick, and the other one ping-pongs around and ends up on one of their best players' sticks too. So after one, I was kind of like, I've been in a lot of these games where it can go one of two ways and I didn't want it to go the wrong way and I just told myself let's just try and keep this team in the game here I know we can score goals I know we can play a lot better than we did in the first and we showed that and uh, we got a massive massive two points
6: yeah it was a it was a grind of a win for your team too to, to come up with the offense that you needed did you feel like they had it in them and uh, what you were seeing in front of you
11: not at first but I just I've, I've I've been along around this team long enough now in the last couple of years to, to know that we can score when we get an opportunity to put the puck in the net we can do that and, and uh, uh, at that point it was just all about keeping it you know keeping it to three and uh, that was that was you know as important as it could come and I knew if I was just keep making saves that we'd get get some chances and and the puck was going in for us and Obviously, big goal by our power, and then we get a big one by Enzo to, to get the winner in, in regulation, which is massive. So, that's that 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 win right there carries some weight to it. I think our team was feeling, you know, real good after that game, and uh, hopefully, we we gain a lot of confidence from it.
6: Casey and Gregor, TSN
1: 1260.
11: <laughs> Mike, you're you're wearing the mask honoring grand fear
7: and you know fear made a name for himself of not allowing that next goal to allow a game to get out of hand and obviously the, the break the i guess the power play breakaway on roussel in the second period you know did you feel that you know you were maybe channeling your inner fear
11: there just to keep your team in it i'd like to think that i mean i, I think i'm very far from being compared to a, a legend like that but um like i said i i think it was just important that i just stuck with it and didn't let it to get to four and and uh yeah i mean grant was the king of that and that's why he won so many cups and they won so many championships and so uh yeah i mean i I wasn't thinking about that by any means but uh probably a little bit of the the helmet luck helped and on that first goal mike you mentioned you wouldn't play it any different like watch the replay
7: i don't even understand how it goes in is is that the angle of the pad like i don't know if you've seen it
11: again or not but like, i don't even know I how that goes in <laughs> i don't want to see it again i don't want to see it again. I, don't, I don't know if it there was a hole in the ice and it went under the under the ice and under my pad but um to be honest i like i said i, I wouldn't play it much differently next time and hopefully it doesn't happen again this year
6: mark specter Sportsnet
11: funny because fear used to start to put the brakes on after five
3: so you got to start sooner than him uh maybe if you could just you know you're a believer you believe in yourself you're a 30 almost nine year old goalie who doesn't care what his age is and doesn't listen to guys like me that say maybe you're getting older um how about this team they've got some belief here right like no deficits too much They, they play i haven't seen this team play with this belief for a long time is that are you seeing that yep
11: yeah. yeah absolutely I feel it I think the team's feeling it um the way we're winning, you know I think we're we haven't even we scratched the surface I went there before but we've scratched the surface now and now I think we're really gaining some confidence in the way our team can play and and I think the most important part about the whole aspect of it is when we got the fourth one, you know how we kind of hunkered down and and made sure that they're they were gonna have to make a real good play to beat us in that game and and I think you know being here for the last couple of years, I've been in games where that game slides away from us and gets away. And and I think tonight we that was that was a great conference pillar for a group.
3: Thanks, Mike.
5: Tony Barrar, Oilers TV. Hey, Mike, uh, your arguably your most important save of the night was a timely one when you guys were on the power play when Antoine Roussel tried going five hole. Usually a goaltender stays upright. And the five hole opens up on a move like that, but you decided to lunge down with your stick. Can you take us through the process
11: of doing that, and what kind of led to that save? It wasn't by design, I tell you that. So sometimes (laughs) you just deal with it, deal with it the way you can. And and I was, you know, lucky to get a a piece of it with my paddle. And I think once he had me down, I was just kind of in in desperation mode more than anything. It wasn't by by design, so I just kind of battled through it and made a big save there. You called it a weird opening period for
5: yourself, but what can you talk about in terms of the players in front of you and their resiliency in coming back and getting the win tonight as well?
11: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it shows a lot about our group, shows a lot about the care in here, shows a lot about, you know, what we can accomplish when we put our minds to it and play the right way. And um, like I said, that's a, it's a massive, that carries weight, that game. It carries weight for our group, for a confidence, for what we can do moving forward. And, um, you know, it was it was, a, it was a great two points by our by our group, but we understand we're we're a long ways from done here. We have a long ways to go, so I think we want to bank those two points. You know, learn from the experience and move forward and be ready for Thursday.
1: That is Mike Smith beaten three times in the first period, not beaten the rest of the way. And the Oilers come back to take down Vancouver 4-3. Oilers have won four straight, 10 of their last 12. They're 13-8 and eight on the season. Get more on 630 chetcom globalnews.ca. Bob Stauffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. I'll also join you for 6.30 Chet Hart Pledge Day from 2 to 6 in the afternoon. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.